0: You know, there's an old saying, if you can't beat them, join them. And sometimes we want to reach out for that saying when we're facing something in life that, oh, we would like to be able to get through, but it seems like <laughs> it's just not happening. Hey everyone, Adam Holtz here, your host of The Plugged In Show, focus on the family's weekly conversation about entertainment, technology, and pop culture. Thanks for joining us today. Well, we're going to be talking about the subject of screen time today. How much time we and our family spend gazing at those mesmerizing pixels on our screens. <laughs> and it's a discussion we have quite a lot. Um, we're going to jump into that theme again today as we talk about the potential merits and maybe the problems with a recent article that suggested, eh, maybe we can just forget about screen time limits. Maybe we're thinking about this all wrong And what we need to be thinking about is quality time, not the amount of time. So we're going to kick that idea around, probably up and down and left and right and every other direction. And in our second segment, Paul Acey will join us to give us the skinny on DC's latest superhero flick, Black Adam. Does Dwayne Johnson's title role in that film elevate it, sink it, or something in between. And before we jump in, I would encourage you to follow The Plugged In Show wherever you get your podcasts. Take a minute to leave a review for others who might be wondering just what The Plugged In Show is all about. Well, joining me for our first segment today are Emily Clark, Bob Hoos, and Jonathan McKee. Hey, everyone. Hey, hey hello. hello. Glad to have you with me today. And, you know, we're talking about screens, and I always like to get our conversations kick-started with a a fun kind of personal question so here's my question for you today what's the first thing you're liable to check on your phone in the morning and when do you do that and i guess you'll have to decide how truthful you're going to be with this question (laughs) yeah hopefully mostly
1: truthful i I can do that because i'm probably the most boring uh, of them all i simply
0: check the weather because i just want to know what to wear (laughs) It's just that simple. Wow. That's fair. That's great. There we go. You know, I sometimes have conversations with my wife, and she'll be like, didn't you check the weather? I'm like, no. <laughs> didn't occur to me. Well, Didn't, you didn't know, occur to me.
2: And I'll chime in and, and join uh, Jonathan on that ship, you know, that that ship of boringness, because that's exactly, <laughs> that's exactly what I check, too. I check the weather to see if I need uh, an umbrella and my galoshes for the day, you know, that sort of thing. It's a... Uh, Completely well old manville.
0: Right. Well and it uh, explains why I often get to work. I'm like, Oh, it's Amen. raining. Huh. <laughs> that, that's so weird. I I didn't know that was gonna happen. Emily, what about you? Are you a weather person?
3: It is in my top 10 things that I check. Oh, okay. But we have a long it, list
0: for you. Yeah.
3: No, I it, but if I'm being honest, it's usually not the first thing. Okay. I think that would be very rare uh, for me. Usually the first thing I check is what time it is to see if I can sleep more. Okay. <laughs> no, um, but actually, normally what happens, though, is um, if I am up, And I'm not checking the time for whatever reason. Um, I usually actually open up the news app and I read a couple of articles to kind of wake myself up.
0: Okay. Hmm. Yeah, that's kind of where I'm at. I, I stumble down. I pet the dog who usually runs up the stairs and then tries to get into my feet every step on the way down the stairs. And I stumble to the coffee. This is actually a bigger answer. This is my this <laughs> is my whole say, you morning haven't even routine. Gotten
3: to the phone yet? <laughs> okay. um, but well, somewhere
0: well. in there, after I get uh, like seven scoops of coffee spooned into the coffee maker, um, I'm, a, I'm a big news junkie. So I do a fast blast through Real Clear Politics, usually the Drudge Report, National Review, and the Federalist, just to see what's happening in the world that I need to know about today. Mm-hmm. Which I like being informed. Um, but I think it's also, uh, you know, it's a habit. And we're going to talk about screen time stuff today and, and just our habits and, and the way that they shape us and and how they shape our kids. So that's probably as good a segue there as you any straight yeah. into our topic today. And, you know, I mentioned at the outset, the whole, if you can't beat them, join them. Um, and sometimes I, I think our Our relationships with our phone can feel that way, right? A couple months ago, I came across an article on theconversation.com, and the article's title was Screen Time for Kids is an Outdated Concept, so let's ditch it and focus on quality instead. And, you know, many of us have probably heard that, you know, governmental agencies and you know, medical agencies have said, here are what the screen time limits should be. In the United States, the American Academy of Pediatrics suggests no more than two hours yeah. of screen time for most kids. And, and the younger they are, those numbers go down even further. Uh, and then, you know, we look at the reality of what we know tweens and teens especially are doing with their phones. And the Common Sense Media Census in 2021 says that most eight to 12 year olds get about six hours a day. And most, uh, you know, 13 to 18 year olds get about eight or nine hours a day. And I'm, I'm rounding a little bit, but after the COVID times, especially, exactly. yeah. Yeah, and up. so we, we look at those numbers and I think as parents, it can be easy to say two hours a day, my yeah, kid's yeah. on six hours a day. And yeah. it can, we can just say, yeah, right. You know? And so, there's this huge gap between what is recommended and what we know the average child and, frankly, the average adult, too. Because, if anything, the research shows that adults are on their phones as much or more than tweens and teens are. Um, and I think that we can just throw in the towel. And, frankly, when I see an article titled like... It's about quality time, not total time. Um, There's a part of me that really wants to reach out for that argument and say, yeah, that sounds great because I don't have to do anything. So I want to talk about that. In this article, um, the author, her name is Kate Highfield, says that we spend a lot of time feeling guilty as parents because we feel like screen time is out of control. It's very true. But that guilt doesn't really help us make better choices. How do you respond to that observation? Emily, you just chimed in and said it's really true.
3: No, it is it is true. I mean, I have three sisters who have kids, and honestly, like, they all feel a little guilty about their screen time, but they're also all, like, the, the number one thing that I hear from the moms is, I'm exhausted. I'm just trying to survive. Like, that's what I hear from all my friends who are moms, from my sisters, like, they, it's all they can do to, you know, keep their kid from destroying the house. And it's like, yes, you could, you could turn off the screens. Your kid could destroy the house. That could be fine, you know. But <laughs> some moms are okay with that. But sometimes they're just like, I just want to be able to shut my eyes for five seconds without having to worry about what my child is getting into. You know, right. it's, it's just where we're at. Right. But it,
2: but it still is a relatively new phenomenon. You know, right. the sense that we've got. All kinds of screens all the place every place we go at all the time, yeah. and I think I, at the same time as as it feels very comfortable or easy to sort of s- slip into that oh we don 't have to worry about how much time they 're using on the screen we still have to we still have to look at the potential problems that are involved there, and we 've talked about them a lot, you know the whole the whole aspect of of uh screens separating us from. Human contact, and yeah. and, uh, and how screens can help us get fatter because we're just sitting around looking at screens. I don't know what and, you're talking about. And, 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 and shoveling I'm right here, <laughs> <laughs> shoveling fast food in our mouth. But see, and there are even things like I mean, you can even look at it from a medical perspective, and talk about circadian
0: cycles or rhythms and those aren't small insects inside your body that's right those are cicadas (laughs) totally different but
2: you can put them in that category if you if you think about it that way because it is it does have to do with your body yeah and the sense that we live we all live in this 24 hour hour cycle and if we're not exposed to light because it's generally impacted by light sources and if we're not exposed to light on a regular basis then it sort of throws our systems off you know it, it impacts those circadian uh, cycles impact uh, us physically, uh, emotionally, mentally, and behaviorally. Mm-hmm. And because we go through these sets of changes in within a 24-hour period, and when we throw them off... It sends everything sort of scattering in different directions. And the and
0: screens throw them off because can. we're getting and that light at times we're not, our right. bodies at, aren't expecting to get night, it. Late at night
2: or we can be sitting all day long in a darkened room, that sort of thing. And the next thing you know. I often
0: worry about you when you do
2: that. <laughs> that's right, in those darkened rooms. Uh, and, and the next thing you know, it's sort of, it changes our behaviors. It, it yeah. changes the way we think and it can lead to depression.
1: Yeah, no, you're so right, Bob, that you said a couple things. One, there's so many different things. This is so messy. It's so hard to talk about, you know, the so many ramifications of these different screens, because like you said, I mean, there's there's the kid who spends 10 hours a day just sitting in front of the TV or a game system. And even if that TV or game system might not be bad for his mental health, physical health, The guy is getting obese because he never gets out and exercises or doesn't even feel good about himself because he's not out interacting and social. So there's so many ramifications. There's ramifications of sleep. But the glaring issue right now, the glaring issue right now is the decline in mental health. And I think that's where a lot of these articles are coming from, because there's kind of been this questioning in the last – you know, five to eight years, because ever since 2012, ever since we've had social media in our back pocket, because that's pretty much when it all started. We've seen mental health take a dive. We've seen anxiety go up. We've seen depression go up. We've seen suicide, especially in teenage girls, go up. And we've talked about this on the show before, but it kind of started this debate of, well, what is this? You know, can we narrow it down? What is it? And in short, really, I think the report that really was kind of led by Dr. Gene Twenge and uh, Doctor, you know, Hate Jonathan Hate. They said, "What do we actually agree on?" And they agreed on two things: one, there is an actual mental health crisis happening, and two, if you really look at the data, the thing that seems to constantly, you know. Have feet to it that actually is affecting this mental health crisis is the amount of social media time. And they actually right. were specific time spent on apps where they're getting likes, followers, seeing comments. That's affecting the mental health of a generation. So when I talk with parents about screen time now, I mean, now my parent workshop, I did a parent workshop last weekend. I really focus on the social media aspect. And it's not to say that, you know, the amount of time you watch TV or the music you listen to doesn't affect you, but the Sherman tank that's blasting away at our kids right now is social media. And I'm focusing the battle on that tank right now and saying, hey, can we watch the amount of time, and most studies are saying an hour or two of social media a day?
2: One one quick thing. The fact is that, I, I agree with Jonathan 100%. Um, the, the fact is that online relationships the interactions that we have are totally different than real world relationships we may think okay mm-hmm. we're still connected with people but we're connected with people in a very different way mm-hmm. and sometimes very unhealthy Absolutely. ways and and mm-hmm. the fact is that the, as i mentioned earlier this is a new phenomenon so this is something that hasn't been fully studied and we do, we won't know for years the full impact of all our screen time has on us the, in truth yeah
3: well Emily? I, okay so I'm just gonna start at kind of the beginning of where Jonathan started and work my way to the end of what he started. The video <laughs> game thing that we, t- um, you guys kind of touched on it. So I'm somebody who has sat there for eight plus hours playing a video game and like enjoyed myself while I was doing it. But I will say that, like, if I do that every now and then, fine. But if I do that on a consistent basis, I do notice, like, my mental health goes down. Not even necessarily because I, – I think what happens is it goes down be- as a direct result of my physical health going down. Because when, I, when you're sitting there in that chair, you know, for eight-plus mm-hmm. hours, you just ah, – it's a different kind of tired when you're done. You're just like, your body like feels like wrong. Like you're closer it feels to being dead. Yeah. <laughs> you, no, I'm not even I'm, I'm not only even... half joking. <laughs> well, no, I know. I'm not even kidding about that. Like, I do. I feel like, I physically just feel gross and like, and I'm like, what is wrong? Why, do, why does my leg hurt? You know, like random things like that. Like deep that. vein
0: thrombosis, that's <laughs> why. Yeah, yeah. Well, no,
3: and so it's like, you know, so like this past weekend, instead of playing video games for eight hours I actually went for a hike and I felt amazing after that like physically mentally all of it you know and it, it does make a difference so it's like if that's I think the danger of screen time even if it's quality screen time because I don't think there's anything necessarily wrong with how long i was playing the video games or with the video games i was playing i should say but it was the amount of time i spent playing them so it's like you have to get up you have to stretch your body you have to move because our bodies were created to move our bodies were not created to be sedentary moving along to the amount of screen time as it correlates to social media time you got to think about it this way social media allows everybody to be a celebrity Something where you have hundreds, thousands, perhaps millions of people who don't know you personally, who are now judging you and validating you through likes and comments and when yeah. you don't get that you are actually you've actually put yourself in a place to be treated like a celebrity and even um you know we we're talking about communicating with people yes it's wonderful to communicate with friends who maybe you haven't seen in 10 years because they live in another country or another state or something mm-hmm. it's wonderful to connect with them but if you're expecting all of your let's say you know all of your friends on social media there and you're putting your life out there you're not getting the same interaction that you would get from a face-to-face conversation with that friend or even the same uh, interaction that you would get if you were having FaceTime like um, right. Like a video a chat, yeah. yeah. Like, and and that's actually why I think that all these experts are like the only time you should expose kids who are two and under to a screen is if they are having a conversation with a real person on Whom the other they side. Know. Yeah, they know like, well, yeah, recognize. I know. I'm talking about like family. They're talking yeah. about if yes. you, you know, if if you have your baby uh, FaceTime Grandma, that's great. You know, that's a positive interaction. They are learning. Sounds like a TV views. show.
0: FaceTime Grandma. <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) no
3: but i think that it's honestly we apply that to little babies because they're the ones who are developing their social skills but we should apply it to ourselves as well because the only positive interaction you can get from social media is if it's actually being social commenting on someone's post isn't as social as talking to them in a video chat It's not.
0: i totally agree with that and i want to make an, an overarching Observation about what all three of you have just said, what we're really talking about here and what I think the author is trying to say, which I agree with to a point, Mm -hmm. is that it's about context. She talks about quality screen time and her definition of quality screen time is actually sitting down, watching something with your kids, knowing what they're watching and then having a conversation with it. I actually think I would agree with her definition of quality screen time. I think... The problem is, is that our kids get older. Being able to do that consistently, especially if you have multiple kids,
3: yeah, co watching is not. It gets really
0: hard. And I know when our son was born, I was very much aware of the research that said a child shouldn't even see a screen before they're two years old. Um, Which sounds really almost (laughs) harsh, but that's that's right because their brains are developing. We totally nailed it with our first kid, right? And then we had two more. And well, y'all should just pray for them because I don't know that we did as, <laughs> as good with them, right? Yeah, sure, like sure. when you bring more kids into the mix, it gets messy. But but even the context of, of what we're talking about with screen time, are you interacting face-to-face with people you know, or are you interacting with strangers? Those are two totally different relational contexts. And we need to be asking questions about... Right. How are those things influencing us? Am I playing video games in which I'm actively engaged, which in some ways can be good if it's an M rated game, you might be actively engaged with really nasty stuff, you know, even the context of the game. And so I think I think what it says to me is and where I sort of agree with the author, is that there's not necessarily a one size fits all answer, but I don't think that means we just throw the time element out the window and never right. think about it again because I think it is really too easy to, I'm going to use another cliche, throw out the baby with the bath right. water here.
2: We have to consider all the situation, all side of the coin.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. And, and-
1: And honestly, you know, the way young people feel about themselves is not the only danger. There is the danger of predators. And sadly, now in a world with social media, young people, especially since many of them are trying to get as many followers as possible, are now kind of exposing themselves to more strangers which kind of puts them in harm's way where a lot of strangers are now DMing them messaging them and saying, Hey, you know, let's talk. And so there's a lot of talking with strangers where we all remember 20 years ago when we all went to that kid's school assembly, which was like, you know, stranger danger. Now it's like, Hey, stranger is a new opportunity to meet someone, you know? So we've got young people meeting strangers at you know, the Walmart parking lot at midnight, you know, and these are conversations we need to have as well. It is a danger. It's, it's probably the second biggest topic I talk about with parents. Um, So it's messy. It's not as simple as here's the only, the one thing we need to take care of. This is an ongoing conversation, um, dialoguing with our kids about these
2: issues. But again, I I don't think we're in conflict with the author's article in the sense of spending time with your kids, getting involved in the screens. If they're going to be on screens, you should be involved with them and I think that's much healthier than just letting everybody run to their separate corners. Right. Right. Emily? Absolutely.
3: And yeah. I think at the end of the day, what this article is trying to say, and I think in a way what we are trying to say mm-hmm. is do your best. Like, you, as we said, one size, it doesn't fit all. Every parent's going to be different. Every kid is going to be different. You just got to kind of go with the flow and figure out what works best for your kids and for your family and it's okay to be aware of all of the articles and all the research because that can help you make decisions as a parent but I think at the end of the day you do what works for your family and you pray about it and you talk to your kids about it and you find a balance.
2: And and hearkening back to what Jonathan has always said it comes down to conversations and relationships. Yes. It really does. Uh, I, when When your kids get to be Hit their teen years, it's a lot harder to monitor what they're doing and what how they're using their screens. It's really tough, yeah, but if you've established a relationship through which you can converse and say and and help them make their own minds up that sometimes a little bit too much is too much, yeah that that can be a healthy progression and If you don't have that relationship, which is sometimes the case, yeah yep, then then you need to take opportunities to form that relationship. Yeah. I, I know for my kids, I've said this before, I've ha- I have three kids and I was able to connect with them in three totally different areas. With my eldest, with music, with my son, with games, video games, and with my, my youngest, it was actually she invited me or asked me when she was just a little kid to help her with a play. And we walked around and walked through the lines. And that opened up this avenue where we could go out for walks mm. whenever we needed to discuss something. So if you've got that kind of connection You can talk about these issues, and you can talk about them openly, and I think that's a healthy way to go.
0: I think that's exactly right, and I think the other two words that get at what we're talking about here, which we often talk about on The Plugged In Show, but I I don't think we can repeat them too much, are intentionality and engagement, that uh, when we're talking, when we're listening, when we're face-to-face, when we're paying attention, um, I think It doesn't mean we don't have to worry about screen time, but I do think it means we're building into a relationship where we know, or at least have an idea of how those screens are influencing our kids, what they're engaging with. And then we can talk about it with them. Whereas if we don't have that active intentional relationship being built in some ways, they're just at the mercy of whatever it is that they're engaging with. And, and I think that's the place we don't want to be. And, and as we often say here, again, it, the goal here is not perfection, no. Um, no. but the goal is that intentional engagement and building relationship in a way that that it keeps the communication doors open both ways. And, and I think that, um, that takes the pressure off for me as a parent. And I, I don't have to worry about getting it perfect, but I do have to worry about or be paying attention to... Uh, you know, am I really engaging intentionally with my kids in this area? So I know that we could talk about this for like the next four hours. Uh, I hope as we have talked today among our team, there's been things that you can really hang on to as you've listened today uh, and that it encourages you in your own situation and your own family and the particulars of your relationships with your kids. So thanks guys in our second segment today, we are going to talk about, I think, one of the biggest movies yet to come out in 2022, and that is Black Adam starring Dwayne, The Rock, Johnson. Yeah. And of course, we have our in-house superhero expert. Geek. Right. That's another word for it. Yeah. Uh, Paul A.C. here to tell us about Black Adam. And so, with no further ado, Paul, what do we need to know about Black Adam? What's the story... And then I'll probably say something, and then I'll ask you, you know, (laughs) what's good, what's bad?
4: (laughs) Talk to us about Black Adam. (laughs) So first, some background with the character, right? Yes. Black Adam was was created in the 1940s. He was the main adversary of who was then known as Captain Marvel, who we know as Shazam. Shazam! (laughs) Exactly. So technically, he's a bad guy. In this movie, that's a little bit doubtful. Now he does Cause in have, the
0: d c universe, being a bad guy means being a good guy most of the time, right?
4: <laughs> that's another longer I digress conversation. Right. but, uh, but, yeah, and he's played by Dwayne Johnson, right? Who right. we are used to seeing as a heroic. Figure. He's a good guy. Now, this particular Black Adam does have some anger management issues. <laughs> he was imprisoned for five thousand years by the Council of Wizards uh, for overdoing. Was Harry Potter involved? A particular, you no. Know, no. no. Um I'll for overdoing a particular battle. He had one battle and they immediately imprisoned him. But now he is out due to a complex series of events. Did he
0: get par- you know parole for good behavior oh after my five thousand years? Yes.
4: Adam. 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 <laughs> <laughs> so he is out. He is running around. And the main thing that, that he was just released on accident, essentially. Mm. Uh this woman releases him because she's about to die. She knows these magic words words to release him, Um, and then he's there, right? He's just there. He kills all the bad guys who are present. The woman is safe, but there's still a lot of action to go. So essentially you have this powerful crown that mm. sort of gives the wearer the powers of Shazam only evil powers. It imbues them with the power of demons. And then the justice society led not the
0: justice league,
4: not the justice totally league, different. totally, totally different. The justice society led by Hawkman. Uh, Dr. Fate is in there. All these superheroes, Pierce Brosnan, Pierce Brosnan, who is Dr. Fate? Uh, They come and they know that that this Adam character uh, is out and about, and they need to do something about him because they know something about his history, that he's not really a safe guy to be around. So that's essentially what you have. You have this crown. You have the Justice Society who wants to re-imprison Adam. And um, yeah, so there you go. That's the story. It sounds like
0: a very plot heavy story. Does it feel that way watching it may mean, just from a movie going perspective? <laughs> that's a really good question. So, that's
4: a lot of plot,
0: right? No, it's a lot of plot. I mean, usually it's easier than that for you to sort of give a summary of a movie.
4: Yeah, well... And I suspect
0: you're still accelerating through a lot of it.
4: We really are, because you've got these good guys who are sort of bad guys in the Justice Society. The local folks don't like them at all. You have this bad guy who's secretly a good guy, who is Black Adam. And then you have this bad guy, bad guy, who you're dealing with. So, yeah, there's a lot going on, and yet the movie feels pretty shallow. It okay. really does feel very superficial in a way. You have a lot of plot to walk through, uh, but they speed along so quickly that you never really get a chance to to sit and absorb what's going on. Not
0: much character development. There's per se. not a
4: lot of character development. They, one of the one of the the most illustrative moments of that is you have this superhero named Cyclone who gets like. 2 minutes to unpack her whole origin story. <laughs>
0: <laughs> kind of like when they give the details at the end of those commercials really fast. <laughs>
4: that that's exactly what it felt like. It totally felt like that. So so yeah, it feels really superficial they were trying to do I think some uh, some socio-political commentary as well here, but because the movie just felt sort of slapped together. None of it really worked that well.
0: So I read one article in a little bit of research I did on the movie that said it initially got an R rating for violence. So it's PG-13, so obviously they they went in and made some cuts, but talk to me about the violence level here, because it seems like that's one of the big issues that families will want to know about
4: as is typical in superhero movies there is a lot of violence a lot of violence and i think that the big key for me was that the titular character of the entire movie black adam is doing most of the killing he does not have a problem with killing people i do not want you teaching my son violence i'm
2: sorry what do you want to teach him violence then
4: there's an opening sequence where he's battling all these all these bad people, right? But he's frying them. He's he's actually grabbing them by their throats, and and they sort of dissolve. So Superman, into he ain't. <laughs> Superman, he ain't. Yeah. And there's a clear distinction between uh, what this guy is willing to do and what the Justice Society, especially Hawkman, thinks that he should be doing. So there's a lot of tension, heroic tension, in terms of who he actually. is. The violence doesn't feel... They must have cut a lot out because the violence doesn't feel beyond the pale of what we've seen in a lot of other superhero movies. Uh, But you do see people who lose their flesh and their bones Ooh. fall to dust. So <laughs> there is, there's some... some it feels razors. very final. Yeah, <laughs> it is very final. So you do have definitely some issues to watch for. And again, I think the main issue is that you have the quote-unquote hero of this movie doing most of the killing.
0: Okay. And we've got some spiritual stuff to deal with too, I think, from what I've seen of the movie. And you and I actually haven't talked much no, about it at no, all. This is, so this is the first time um, we've what's, really what, talked. Talk to me about some of the spiritual stuff that families may need to navigate.
4: So there's a ton of spiritual stuff. There's tons of references to gods, to demigods, to uh, to all this spiritual stuff. Dr. Fate, of course, is a big believer in fate. He sees the future. So you have all this nebulous um Spirituality that's a part of this. You hear um, there's a scene in the afterlife where they talk about the gods brought these people together. There's a ton of this sort of pseudo spirituality that goes on. There's not really a Christian God in the mix, which is weird because the main bad guy, Sabak, he comes in as truly a demonic character he gets his powers from these six demons uh, we see ver- where those six demons live which as you imagine is not a very pretty place he transforms it's Des Moines isn't it <laughs> 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 you know only a person from Iowa could, could right, do
0: that. I can crack the joke because I lived in Des Moines Okay, so sorry Des
4: Moines <laughs> so, but, but he comes as this demon he has the horns he has the ability to manipulate fire he even has a pent Carved on Ooh. his chest. So you have this very explicitly Christian demon without really a Christian god to sort of rein frame him in. that story. Exactly. exactly. Interesting.
0: So it sounds like if you've got young superhero fans in the house or young Dwayne Johnson fans in the house, there are a couple things to give us fairly significant pause here before just running off to get our tickets for this one is that a fair assessment
4: i would say so you know you do have you have the violence you have the spiritual issues you also have this anti-hero vibe that's yeah. going on and in some ways It's almost the flip version of what we saw in Batman, Okay, where Batman in in the the Batman movie that we saw this year, exactly, where you have Batman who, who is this, he introduces himself as saying, I am vengeance. And then he realizes that he needs to turn it a different way. This movie is almost the reverse of that.
0: I am vengeance and watch out. <laughs>
4: because because heroes can't do certain things that need to be done. Hmm. And that causes a lot of concern or at least a lot of talking points to talk over with your kids as you're dealing with the heroism or lack thereof of, of Black Adam. All right.
0: Paul, I knew that you would not fail me in, <laughs> in giving me and giving our listeners everything that you need to know But if there's some detail or some kernel of information we haven't talked about, you can find the full review of Paul's review of Black Adam at PluggedIn.com. Thanks, Paul. You betcha. Well, as we move toward the end of our show, I wanted to do something a little bit different today. I want each of you to think of one of your favorite movies, and then I want you to give us a description that playfully misrepresents or exaggerates some part of the story in a way we might not have thought about before but is true and then the rest of us will try to guess the movie so here here's an example a whiny rebellious self-absorbed farm boy steals two robots and manages to become a galactic hero even though he never stops whining name that movie Star Wars. That's Star Wars. <laughs> All right.
3: Also known as the epic story about how one family's drama continually screws up an entire galaxy.
0: All right, is that yours?
3: <laughs> no, that's just another description I found okay. online for that, and it it just cracked me up, and I had, and I was like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna bring this to Adam. <laughs> okay. I, so I'm,
0: who wants I'm to go
1: laugh- first here? I was gonna say I'm still laughing at the fact that, and he never stops
0: whining. <laughs> <laughs>
1: But Yoda, I can't. It's too big.
0: (laughs) I know, right? Hey, Jonathan, I'm going to just, I choose you, like in Pokemon. Jonathan, I choose you. You go first. What do you got for us? Okay, here we go.
1: A unique young lad navigates the tumultuous landscapes of adolescence, oppressed on every front, until one day when his artistic expression dancing for his peers propels him into acceptance.
2: Oh, 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 that's, that's the one about the, the ballet dancer. Um, Billy uh,
3: Elliot?
0: Yes, Billy Elliot. Right? No, it's not Footloose? No, it's not Footloose. That- <laughs> is it neither? What is it? Jonathan is okay, very silent. Okay, so ready? Now be thinking
1: about this. I'll give you a hint. How about a unique young lad living near Utah on a farm? Oh,
0: oh, 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 <laughs> oh. Uh, 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 Napoleon Dynamite.
1: There you go. Oh. Navigates oh, the tumul- tumultuous landscapes of adolescence, oppressed on every front, until
2: one day his artistic expression it. dancing for his peers. I think Billy Elliot
0: was out. a fine answer, though. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it is. probably I'm works. I'm glad it that it wasn't works. so obvious that we totally nailed it. That makes That's it a little bit see more who fun. You can
3: the theater geeks are. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah,
0: exactly. He's got hunting skills, yeah. nunchuck skills, yeah, computer exactly. hacking skills. Yeah. Uh, Bob. Okay.
2: Um... A mean-spirited individual masquerades as a famous good guy in order to make children weep.
0: Oh, man. Death of Smoochie. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, Not Willy Wonka. No. That's just a weird guy. (laughs) Yeah, he's just a... Uh, Not the mask. No. Mm -hmm. Throw me another bone. Okay. uh, (laughs) Jingle bells. Oh, so Santa Claus. Oh, so scanning, some sort of Santa Claus movie. Scanning. Yeah. Um, interesting. I think that we're overthinking it. You are. <laughs>
2: he's oh. he's mean and
0: evil. The Grinch. Oh, the Grinch. The Grinch. Yes. yes, yes, yes. The Grinch. Well, you know. That's funny. Emily.
3: All right. A woman murders another woman over a pair of shoes.
0: Oh, we might need more than that. Over a pair of okay. shoes. Wizard of Oz? <laughs>
3: yeah, no, he got it. It's Wizard of Oz. Oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> That's
2: okay. right. I mean, it's just the very beginning, very, very beginning of Wizard of Oz, but it's true.
3: That's how it started. It okay. also
0: happens daily okay. at Nordstrom's.
2: I mean, so it's just, you know. It's
3: just...
0: Mercy. Uh... All right. Are we ready for mine? Yep. Yeah. A helpful fish with a lot of teeth reminds many swimmers why they need to pay attention to where they're swimming. Jaws. 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 Yeah. <laughs> See, are we going to do this game again in the future? Well, it seems like it, uh, it seems like it worked for. Cause, us. cuz there was another one I had. I was going to throw it out, but I won't. I'll save it. Save yeah, I'm going to save, save it for next time. Well, thanks again for spending some time with us at the Plugged In Show today. What did you think about our conversation about screens? Have you seen Black Adam? Did you think it was the best DC movie you've seen in a while or the worst or somewhere in between? We would love to hear from you. And you can get in touch with us either on Facebook or Instagram or send us a message at team at thepluggedinshow.com and we'd love to feature your story on an upcoming episode. So send it our way and if you've enjoyed the show tell your friends word of mouth is really the best way to help us get our show out there and you can leave us a review on wherever you listen to your podcasts. and Azar, thank you for being a part of the Plugged In Show family today for a gift of any amount we would love to send you a copy of Jonathan McKee's book Parenting Generation Screen you'll find a link to order that book in the episode notes for today's show as well as on the blog entry for this week's conversation which you find at PluggedIn.com. Well, thanks again for spending some time with us at The Plugged In Show today. We hope that you enjoyed it. We hope that you laughed. We hope that you've also taken away some things that you can apply to your family. And we'll be back for another conversation just like this one next week on The Plugged In Show.
4: In Adventures and Odyssey's 73rd album, 28 Hours, Odyssey's favorite son is missing Jason Jason and lives are at stake if we move him he dies and if you stay here you all die above all else everyone wants to know what's going on what's going on what's going on it's a jam-packed 28 hours and album 73 of Adventures in Odyssey available now on the club and download coming soon to CD learn more at
1: adventures